Today on State Scoop's Priorities Podcast from Scoop News Group, adding resources around digital equity to the broadband conversation. I think what we need to focus on now, perhaps as universities, and particularly in Michigan State University, is it's great to have technology, but it's not terribly useful if people don't know how to use it. Welcome to State Scoop's Priorities Podcast. Every Thursday, you'll get insights into the state and local government technology community. You'll hear from top leaders across the state and local world and learn about the latest news and trends ahead for the industry. I'm your host, Jake Williams. Here's what's happening this week. Rhode Island could someday allow some of the state's registered voters to cast their ballots online. Governor Dan McKee signed a bill that clears a pathway for online voting over the objections raised by election security advocates and many of the state's election officials. Nevada has a new state CIO. Timothy Galuzzi will step up into the role. He had been serving as the state's director of enterprise IT. Galuzzi fills the role left vacant by the departure of Alan Cunningham, who said he left after his job had, quote, been altered dramatically. A new law in Virginia requires state agencies and local governments to report cyber incidents within 24 hours of detection, making Virginia the latest in a growing number of states requiring public sector entities to report events like ransomware and data breaches. The new law also puts state CIO Bob Osmond in charge of a working group tasked with refining incident reporting policies. You can read these stories and more at statescoop.com. You'll also find links in today's show notes. Michigan State University will use $10.5 million from the National Telecommunications and Information Administration to expand broadband in the state. The grant funds installation of infrastructure connecting fiber optic service lines to communities that are underserved or entirely without access to high-speed internet. Michigan State University CIO Melissa Wu tells Ed Scoop's Emily Bamforth what makes the project different. This project is a great partnership between Michigan State University, Merit Network, and Michigan State University's Quello Center. The reason that we we were so passionate about this project is that it truly leverages a grant that Merit Network received about a decade ago, which was known as the BTOP grant, and it actually builds on top of that and expands and advances the technology in that network to better bring more networking to unserved and underserved areas of Michigan. What it really is, is what's known as a middle mile network. So if you think about that in terms of, say, you know, the, the nation's interstate system is probably the best analogy we have, is that think of the middle mile as the, the interstates. And in this case, it's an open access middle mile, which means that anybody's cars or trucks can carry, you know, people, things, supplies on it. I mean, in a digital sense. So we build out that middle mile but we still is, it, are dependent on commercial internet service providers, communities, electrical cooperatives who are offering real broadband to get that last mile to straight to the households and businesses that so badly need it. And the reason we're passionate about this at Michigan State University is that we are a public university and this is supporting the public good. I mean, it is part of our mission as Michigan's land-grant university to make sure that there is equal opportunity and access for all Michiganders. Oh, absolutely. Let's uh, dig in a little bit to that middle mile definition. You gave a great explanation there, but uh, the project says, uh, or the description I read says that this will occur without any additional fiber optic uh, construction, and it would simply be based in equipment. Can you kind of give us a little bit of a primer of, of what that means? So if you think about fiber as being, say, equivalent to laying out the actual roads, 
Merit Network already either owns or has long, holds long-term leases on a significant amount of fiber all over Michigan, including the Upper Peninsula. And since, again, I mentioned uh, the BTOP grant that Merit Network received about a decade ago, is that this is really just upping our game on the electronics that mm -hmm. are going to utilize the same fiber. So that's what's so great about it is there's not going to be additional time in trenching and laying fiber. It's just updating the electronics and mm -hmm. configuring them. So which is really exciting, which means we can basically, if we use the, the interstate analogy more, it means that we can somehow cram more cars onto that interstate without actually widening the interstate, which you can't really do with a true interstate, but we can do with the fiber. No, and I'd imagine um, I've heard about some of the difficulties in both the cost and the logistics of laying new fiber. Um, it's it's so interesting that Michigan has already kind of built a structure uh, for this through um, the the merit network and, and that kind of thing. Would you say that the state is one of the few that can do that or has done that? We probably are unusual in that there's already so much existing fiber. And more importantly, Merit Network is what's called a research and education network. So it's actually not a state entity. It's a nonprofit organization that is governed by Michigan's public universities. And that's what makes it so exciting is that we as public universities are contributing back to our state in ensuring that we are offering and supporting a public good. Um, how do you hope that this factors in? Um, obviously, the bead program is something states have their eye on right now. How do you hope that this factors into, fingers crossed, money coming into uh, Michigan pretty soon from the federal government for broadband? Well, it is, you know, this particular grant that we received from Moonlight is from the NTIA, the federal mm -hmm. government. And really, I think what we need to focus on now, perhaps as universities, and particularly Michigan State University, is it's great to have technology, but it's not terribly useful if people don't know how to use it. So mm -hmm. I would love us to focus on, on getting resources in order to ensure digital equity, digital literacy, education. And of course, you know, we could also leverage greater broadband access to ensure that there's better healthcare access through telehealth. I mean, there are so many things that we could consider getting resources for that really will help the citizens of Michigan be able to actually use this new interstate that we're putting in. Yeah, absolutely. Is that, um, are some of those resources kind of how to find these resources and connect with the providers that hook into this network? That could be some of it, but some of it is just simply how to use the applications, how, you know, how to find applications. I mean, I think a lot of us, I mean, you and I are are on a podcast right now. I mean, I think maybe we've taken for granted that, hey, we just know how to do this. Well, think about the fact there are a lot of people that are in unserved parts of the nation and rural communities that don't have access to the internet at all. What makes it really easy to us is not going to be easy to people who've never seen it before. So we want to make sure that, that people are able to access things, that they know how, that they feel confident in how to access digital assets I mean, when you think about it, I mean, think about the disadvantages of not having internet access and then not knowing how to use it. Applying for a job, even just applying for a job can require you to have to use a web browser in order to apply. I mean, that alone is a barrier to equity and access and opportunity. And so we really need to make sure once we've got the technology in place, that people know how to use it and use it effectively to, to make sure that they can enrich their lives. Yeah, and that feeds uh, kind of nicely into what I was about to ask, which are 
some of the challenges that the partnership considered in applying for this grant and uh, how were some of the ways that uh, the partnership pitched to fix them. So maybe we start talking about some of those resources, what has proven uh, useful in the past for that kind of outreach, um, either on the Merit Network side or the MSU side, and then any other challenges that you think um, are important to discuss. Well, I think some challenges that we had in applying for this award were around what truly is unserved and underserved. Mm-hmm. That we we know, and the FCC is aware that there have been there have been gaps in the maps that the FCC has generated in the past of where truly there is no internet or or not enough internet to truly be able to conduct you know your life's business. So our challenge of this was trying to determine and communicate what were truly areas of, that were unserved and underserved versus what the official map said. And there's some really exciting work and research that's come out of Michigan State University's Quello Center, who's led by Dr. Johannes Bauer, who is the the principal investigator on this grant. And they have a a service that's essentially it's crowdfunded citizen science that lets people become engaged and report back on the quality of their own Internet connections. And so they've actually done this in you know, with K-12 schools in, in the Upper Peninsula and have shown, you know, what has been shown as areas that are actually served appropriately actually really don't have sufficient internet access for K-12 students to truly be successful in at school. So I think there's really exciting work being done by the Quello Center, and they do look at the social implications of technology. And I think there's there's more to come from the Quello Center that's truly exciting. No, and I'm so excited to see some of those numbers and, and some of that insight coming from the Quella Center. Um, when it does come, I'm, I'm interested to hear when it comes to high speed or, um, you know, the level of internet connection that meets uh, the definition of being served. Um, is that more of a quantitative look or is it something where people say, I just cannot complete these tasks on a daily basis? I, I think it's going to end up being a combination of both because I don't want to overstep what the federal government might want to set as new standards because I think we know that the current standards, which are, which are outdated, are probably not adequate to guess what, doing exactly what you said is I can't do this, this or this. And then as you know, in many cases, say for learning, so much of online learning now con- contains rich content like videos. I mean, that's how we get attention of, of students well, you obviously need far more broadband and speed in order to handle videos. So, and also, we're also looking at having to transfer far more data in general. And you know, who wants to wait around for you know half an hour for something to upload? So, I think there's going to have to be a combination between looking at what you need in order to actually function in the task we're trying to get done, and then quantify that. Yeah, I would imagine that would feed into some of that education perspective as well, where people who have logged onto their internet connections and gotten frustrated may not have been able to learn as much about what they can do online um, just because of that wall. Very much so. And I think, you know, there's, there's anecdotal evidence that demonstrates that grades actually do. I mean, I heard an anecdote that of a single, a specific student in the upper peninsula that once they got faster broadband, their grades went up by a whole point. 
I mean, wow. yes, that's just an anecdote. That's one story. But the point is we need to gather these stories and put a little analysis around them and see really is, is there a there there? I suspect there is, but I want to make sure there's research behind it that demonstrates that we're getting the value for our investment in high-speed internet. Uh, can you talk a little bit about uh, some of the conversations you've had um, specifically in your role as CIO at Michigan State about broadband, some of the experiences that you've had and maybe how that's feeding into your perspective of chairing the Merit Network and um completing some of this work? Well, certainly, especially since the, the start of the pandemic, we've, IT professionals have heard about just how dependent everything has become on IT. There was so much pressure put on, on all, all IT professionals, no matter which vertical they work in, on making sure that people continue to work, they could continue to, to learn and continue to carry out daily life. And so that's really impacted my views about the importance of just broadband, high-speed internet to everyone and how important it is. It's just important in general, not just to individuals and to families, but just to our nation in general to advance us forward. Um, can you talk a little bit about, obviously, the pandemic brought a new level of attention to this? Um, and you've stated before that uh, public institutions have a responsibility to make sure people have equitable access. Can you talk a little bit about whether or not you've seen the role of a higher education CIO change in any way in regard to broadband since the pandemic hit and what that kind of looks like, whether it's more involvement in the community to form these kinds of partnerships or what that has looked like in the conversations that you've had? I think it very much depends on a particular the particular type of institution one's affiliated with and perhaps one's current role and you know their, their own institutional maturity. But I do see a lot more concern from higher ed CIOs who can be are very savvy. They're very savvy about what's going on in the world and how IT is truly a game changer, but not just a game changer, but absolutely essential and critical for daily life. So I do see more activism from higher ed CIOs wanting to get out there and make a difference. They may not be able to do that in their official roles, but could perhaps in their official roles be advocates for greater broadband access, even if they can't in their own roles help fund or support that at, at their state or state national levels. So I do see more activism, I see more consciousness, and I think everyone is doing what they can with where they are in their roles. During the grant award ceremony, the representative from the NTIA talked about how it was so special to have a higher education institution leading one of these grants. Can you talk a little bit about your perspective there um, and that it's it's really notable that a uh, an uh, education institution is leading something like this. Um, can you talk a little bit about how uh, that kind of stands out in some of this work? Yes, thank you. We were really honored to have Andy Burke with us and really flattered on, about some of his remarks, particularly the one that you're calling out around how he was really happy to see a university involved because I think that we're at a part in this country, and I think many of your listeners would know this, where people are questioning the value of higher ed. And it's so important for higher ed to demonstrate that it is part of society, that it's there to support society, particularly us as a public institution. 
is that it's important for us to demonstrate this is our value. We're here to support the citizenry and support the residents of our states. So I think that's what the importance of the engagement is and that as a public institution, we're not there in order to make huge profits. So, and it, neither is Merit Network as a nonprofit. And so by developing this open access middle mile, I mean, really all we need to do is cover costs, which then should reduce costs for any last mile internet service providers to be able to provide that critical access to homes and businesses. I think that's the importance and that's what's the importance of the partnership between a university and a nonprofit. Melissa Wu, Chief Information Officer for Michigan State University. You can read more about her and Broadband on statescoop.com and in today's show notes. You can also hear more on the latest from higher education IT leaders in EdScoop's Cutting Edge podcast. Links are, you guessed it, in the show notes. The Priorities Podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts. If you haven't already, please leave a review or rating on the podcast page. They make it more likely that more people will find the show. This podcast is a product of Scoop News Group in Washington, D.C. James Mahoney and Carlin Fisher helped put it together, and the entire Scoop News Group team contributes. Until next week, I'm your host, Jake Williams. Thanks for listening.